Welcome to Millennial 633. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. On today's show, we have a couple of confessionals. We're going to revisit our earliest thoughts on the coronavirus. And if we now regret them, I had fun digging into the earliest episodes of 2020. We have some clips to play. And we'll talk about OnlyFans. Yes, that OnlyFans. I start up the Zoom conference today and Pam's wearing sunglasses. Pam, you look like a Willy Wonka character. What's going on? One of my eyes is swollen. It's this one. And From what? <laughs> is this like bordering on gross TMI territory? Some people are oh. not comfortable with that. It's not that bad. Uh, basically, I just, I, I had a, I thought it was a pimple. Maybe it's an ingrowing hair on my eyebrow. Yeah. And I shouldn't have touched it. But you know, the temptation was too strong. And now my whole lid is swollen. And I just couldn't uh, bear to have that be a distraction. So now I'm distracting everybody with the Willy Wonka aesthetic instead. (laughs) I love it. And Andrew, of course, decided to act in solidarity. In a show of solidarity, I am wearing my sunglasses. Mm -hmm. We'll see if this lasts all episode. Pam might turn the camera off. (laughs) Oh, right, right. I got you. I thought maybe you were filming an OnlyFans video and you got something in your eye. (laughs) Right. This was my way of staying incognito, you know, get the money (laughs) from OnlyFans, but don't let it follow me into the real world. Yeah. And then we learned Laura doesn't have sunglasses easily accessible, which I meant to bring this up and hashing it out. When you drive, don't you wear sunglasses? Like I need sunglasses while driving. Cloudy Mm. or not. Oh, I need sunglasses like all the time. (laughs) Yeah. No, not unless it's like particularly sunny and I'm getting glare off the windshield. Wow. Um, I always need them. A, to feel cool, and B, everything just seems so bright. Speaking of what we see on cam, did you guys notice I have some new Funkos right here? I've got uh, one of the green aliens from Toy Story and uh, Baby Yoda sipping coffee. We went to an outdoor mall the other day and we were walking around and I like going to Hot Topic, which I'm embarrassed to say. You know, that's punk Why? central. Why? That's emo central. Who punk cares? Central. It's, well, it's only but, from like the outside, though. It's on the inside. <laughs> it's just like a pop culture dump. Well, right. That's why I like going into Hot Topic, even though I find it a little embarrassing. But here's where it got really embarrassing. Of course, because of COVID, they're limiting how many people go into the store. They're limiting it to 10 at a time. There are 10 people currently in Hot Topic when we got there. So I waited in line to go into Hot Topic. And it was easily one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. People walking by, seeing us waiting, waiting to go into Hot Topic. But look, nobody Mm. knows you yet. So it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Just so sad. It's like a midnight release. You're never going to see any of those people again. Who cares? I do, Laura. Luckily, I had my sunglasses and a mask, so I was basically invisible. Right. But, Nobody's um, going to recognize you. <laughs> it's just it's just so shameful. But anyway. It's like the 2020 version of Groucho Marx glasses. <laughs> sunglasses and a mask. Yeah. Michelle's calling you a snob. I'm sorry. Hot Topic is embarrassing to walk it's into so and especially stand in line for. Okay. No, I fucking just walk love in Hot like Topic. you've been there before. Like everybody's in there for a reason anyway. So you're no more stupid than everybody else in that store. Laura, how was your weekend? It was great. I was going to say, speaking of people who aren't ashamed of being nerds, um, we celebrated Mark's 30th birthday this weekend, and we made it a weekend-long series of pandemic-safe events. Um, 
at the start of it, we really centered around the new Avengers game. So that came out um, either right before his birthday or on his birthday. He got it. We set it up in Discord and he live streamed his gameplay. And we had various friends popping into our voice channel to watch his stream and also just chat and catch up with each other. And we did that pretty much all day on his birthday. Like Cute. Yeah, from like noon until probably midnight. And we just had various people popping in and I was like going up and making drinks and bringing them down and we would like break to go grab food and that kind of thing. Um, And then we um, did like a Korean barbecue night where we actually um, popped into our local H Mart, which, by the way, everyone in H Mart was wearing a mask and they were all wearing them correctly. (laughs) No dick nose. It was beautiful. Um, But we got a bunch of like um, Korean barbecue marinated meats. I got shrimp and we did what we called bulgogi birthday. where we just like made a bunch of Korean barbecue at home and sat outside and ate because it was so lovely. It was like high 60s. So it was really nice to be outside. And we also um, there's a, a brewery here that has outdoor tables set up like 20 feet apart. And you can just like show up and either buy beer at the venue or bring your own beer and just park at one of those tables and not be close to anyone. And it was also not very pop- populated, so we went there, spent a couple hours, got a lot of outdoor time, which nice. was nice, but also a lot Good of nerd you. time. PSL yet? Upper 60s. That sounds like PSL weather for you. So, yeah. I got to talk about that. I had one from Duncan. Uh-oh. It was awful. Oh. oh. I, li- I kind of like, well, I liked their pumpkin syrup last year, but I usually only ask for it in a cold brew. So I've never That's had the latte. That's what I got too, and I don't know if good. they just if somebody like had a strong pumping hand. That, that sounded wrong. <laughs> um, you know what I mean, though. Um, yeah. Because jerk me I off. got it, and it was just like I took a sip, and it was like syrup. Like oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, you have to ask for less for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm just realizing as I get older, they're too sweet. Like the. The standard sweet. formula for Starbucks, Dunkin', whatever, they're just too sweet. I like to be able to taste the coffee in my coffee. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I think too. I'm just going to have to start asking, like, okay, what's, like, whatever amount of the syrups you put in there, cut it down by, like, 75, 80%, and then we'll be good. Yeah. My favorite Starbucks order in the fall is a venti cold brew with two pumps of pumpkin spice and I top it with soy milk, but like you do you. And I feel mm. like that's the, like my sweet spot. Cause you get the hint of the flavor, but it's not, you know, super in your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still tastes like coffee. That's the important thing. You know what I get at Starbucks coffee and Dunkin coffee coffee. <laughs> yeah. These complicated orders always crack That's me up. That's not like, that Pat's complicated. Really, no, yours yours wasn't. But Pat <laughs> at, will add like two extra things to what you just said, yeah. plus less ice. You know, all these little intricacies. I'm like, oh, these poor people who Honestly, have to make these custom like if, drinks. If anybody wants to know if their drink is too complicated, send it to me. I'll tell you because I've worked like <laughs> years as a barista and I'll tell you if people are pissed okay. off at me for ordering that. I'm going to send you Pat's order and you Perfect. can tell me. I'll bring it up in a few minutes <laughs> I'll on my tell phone you if people I'm... are silently judging you if that's really what you want to know. Okay. <laughs> By the way, before we get into some feedback in a confessional, 
and a couple confessionals. I uh, just wanted to let everybody know that we're going to be hosting our Black Panther watch events this weekend. It's going to be open to everybody, not just patrons. So stay tuned for more details. We're not sure how we're going to host it yet. So if anybody has an idea for a live chat room, how to host a live uh, text chat, let us know. There's a couple of options we're kicking around, but we haven't decided for sure on what idea we're going with. So stay tuned to our social media. We're, we're going to be having a Black Panther watch events. I keep wanting to say party, but it's not a party per se. It's a Black Panther celebration. Right. Yeah, exactly. Also, just wanted to mention this piece of feedback. Last week, we discussed our phones listening to us and turning our dialogue into ads, which I find very creepy, and this should not be allowed. One of our listeners, Lauren, said she did get an ad for Heinz Ketchup in her feed, and others have echoed sentiments about seeing ads based on verbal conversations that they've had on the phone or otherwise. So it seems to be a real thing. I think this is a major privacy loophole because you don't know your phone is listening to you. But some people in the comments were like, oh, yeah, I knew this was happening. I'm, I'm used to it. I'm like, damn, we should rise up against this. Uh, I think we've just reached a point as a culture where most of us accept that if you're going to have an online presence, the expectation of privacy yeah. is non-existent. <laughs> Right. That's why nobody's batting an eyelash at um, the idea of TikTok, you know, even though the government is pretending like this is a huge deal. Right. Pam, you tell me if this order is annoying. Okay, got it. Okay, this is from Duncan. Energy cold brewed large, four pumps whole milk, four pumps caramel swirl and less ice. Um, I don't do they do their milk with like by pumps there? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. Maybe oh, not. Okay. Like if he if he went to order that because some people like they have a drink from Duncan, but they want to be able to order it everywhere. I'd be like, what? What's a pump for you? You know, <laughs> I just want to know, and so I would uh-huh. be a little bit perplexed. Um, but that's not that bad. Okay, that's not that He's- bad. That's just like like milk with a flavor in less ice. Yeah. Here's my other problem with them. They're expensive drinks. My gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's why people want to make them special. I mean, I know for me at home, my coffee is like black coffee with like a tablespoon of cream in it and I'm good to go. I'm not going to make right. anything super special at home. But like if you're going out and paying for coffee, you want to splurge a little bit. I, yeah. I get that. <laughs> I guess I'm boring because I get coffee and milk. No sugar in it. Yeah. No extra tweaks. But you know what? I, I will do that as well if I'm at like a a chain, you know, so like a mm-hmm. Starbucks or a Dunkin because I it's a safe bet. You know what you're going to get. But if I'm a, like a mom and pop. I'll ask for, you know, a cortado or a cappuccino, uh-huh. which is also pretty basic. But how about this one real quick from Starbucks? Venti iced white chocolate mocha, light ice, three white chocolate mocha sauce with no whipped cream, five shots. That that gets a little complicated because people don't <laughs> know how to verbalize it well. <laughs> <laughs> Laura just mouthed. Five but that's shots. like well wait yeah. he said he said large v- a venti venti yeah it's large white mocha four pumps of mocha sauce right but Three. doesn't a venti Three pumps doesn't no a venti cream. come with yeah. four shots already so couldn't you just yeah, say so venti? do you want like four extra shots 
Yeah, venti with an extra shot is what I would say. Right. Well, this is what got ordered through the app. And this is what (laughs) made a Starbucks employee mourn on a Saturday morning. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of follow-up questions, you know? It's like, but see, this is why, like, my whole thing is, like, never order anything off of the secret menu because like you know starbucks is big on the secret menu right now unless you know exactly how to order it because you're always going to be disappointed you're going to confuse the person if you really want to do that like for the love of god order it through the app for those poor people because (laughs) you're just going to confuse them going being like i want the butterbeer frappuccino what's in it sir i don't know i just want it like, yeah, I saw it on BuzzFeed. Just yeah, give me that. BuzzFeed said you could do it. Oh, my God. These motherfucking people. This I had to talk to Pat about this, too. I was like, Starbucks does not have a secret menu. There's one secret menu. It's in and outs That's it. <laughs> All these other secret menus are not secret menus. They're customized drinks that some yeah. person came up with and then posted on BuzzFeed. That's it. Secret menu. No. <laughs> no. Secret, <laughs> secret stress for those employees. It is, it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, moving forward, we have a couple of confessionals we want to share. Tapping out of the sunglasses, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. You did your time. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. You're a good friend, Andrew. You are a very good friend. <laughs> um. So this first one says, my boyfriend of seven years says he won't marry me until I provide him with a child. Part of me is grateful for his caveat as it prevents us from doing something more permanent until another permanent thing happens. But another part of me is hurt because it seems like he's holding marriage over my head as a reward for giving him a kid. Oof. Yeah, it sounds like that. That's that's pretty rough. Just going to like add a disclaimer here. I'm sure there's some additional context that might be in this situation, but on its face, just from reading this one confessional, I don't see how you could not be hurt by this. And it just sort of seems like misplaced priorities. Like if one partner is like, hey, I want to do, I want to get married, which isn't something that fundamentally like alters either of the partner's bodies, but the other partner's like, no, not until you completely alter your body for the rest of your life um, by giving me something that I want. And something permanent. Yeah. We've got, just just so you know, in our Discord, I, I'm seeing some comments like, I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, run. What? Nabu. Yeah. So um, the until the use of until really is what bothers yes. me kind of. It, like yeah. I've heard people say I don't want to get married unless I have a kid. Which is right. like a com- completely different that, right. that's not like demanding somebody have a child for you in order to get married. That's just saying like your preference like I don't want to get married, but if we happen to have a kid someday, then yeah, I would be okay with marrying you. And then yeah. you know, as a couple you decide if like you can live with that. Like some pe- for some people, marriage is a big deal and that that's something that they want. And for some people, it's just not for them and that's okay. This just seems like a case of priorities not being in line or on the same page. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know my answer is always therapy because <laughs> I really think therapy is helpful. But even if your partner didn't want to go, it could be good for you to go and talk to somebody and figure out, you know, the order of your priorities and what you are and aren't comfortable with in the context far, of this relationship. And how far did this conversation go? Did you 
did you call it out as bullshit? Maybe you should have a conversation one on one before proceeding further. You know, be like, hey, I was really hurt by the fact that you're that you've made this ultimatum and I don't appreciate it. And it makes me feel used because that's basically what's happening here. Give yeah. me a child. I'm going to use your body. It also makes me wonder, like, what else this person holds over your head. Like, you don't want to be in a relationship like that, you know? You're not somebody's, like, portable uterus. Sorry to hear this happen, but we don't approve, and neither do many of our listeners. (laughs) Feel free to follow up if you have any um, future developments on this, though. Um, Andrew, do you want to take this next one? Yeah. This person writes, now I'm taking COVID seriously, social distancing, wearing my mask when I leave the house, etc. But despite all that, when some of my cousins offered me their pipe on the 4th of July, I didn't say no. Yep, that's right. I smoked a big bowl of pot with four of my cousins, one of their husbands, one of their fiancés, and my sister. And then I did it again just this past Saturday. Was it a good idea? Probably not, especially considering one of those cousins is a nurse who actually had COVID and got past it. But there was only so much my mental health could suffer before I gave in. I'm glad we're including this one this week because in the Millennial Facebook group, there was a post by somebody who said they felt so conflicted about what to do. They're seeing people go out. They're seeing people stay in and stay in like completely. They're like, what do I do? I don't know. Everybody's doing something different. And it relates to this confessional because this person is also feeling very torn, I think. They were like, you know, I, I maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think it's okay to have a little cheat day, so to speak, when you're sharing the pipe. Maybe wipe it off with your shirt before you smoke it. <laughs> we all do that sometimes, right? We wipe off the edge of a glass every, after somebody... Lori's giving me a look. I'm after just thinking somebody, about like... Oh my god, this is so bad. I'm thinking about, you know, going to church and for communion, everybody like drinks out of the same damn cup and all they do is oh, wipe, right. it they off. wipe it down. And I I can't think about that too often when I go with my grandma every once in a while because if I do, especially like during December, it's like half these people probably have the flu. I am like flirting with danger here but that's something that's got to end in the churches yeah some of those churches won't quit it but it does but it's kind (laughs) of like the same thing right like you know you're flirting with the possibility of potentially coming down with something here's the thing i know it's it's almost mouth to mouth because you're sharing a pipe but don't beat yourself up over a couple of instances that are a little riskier than all of the other precautions that you've been taking already. It's okay. We've been going through this for six months now. You're allowed to make a mistake or two. If you wanted to relax a little bit, like you said, this is for your mental health. Do that and don't feel any regrets. Is there a chance that you know it was spreading on that pipe? Yeah, but the chances are low. You did it once or twice. Don't do it again if you feel so bad about it. Everybody yeah. just needs to be easier on themselves. I will agree from that perspective. I'll say to the confessional writer, this isn't something I would have done. Um, At the same time, though, I think that we all have to have a healthy respect for the mental health toll this has taken on many of us. And people, especially people who've been adhering to all of the, you know, guidelines that we've been given since the spring, I think people are starting to crack a little bit because yeah. they're seeing others who just haven't taken this seriously at all for the duration out there living their best lives. 
And I actually saw a really great analogy about this. Um, it, it was like the way that you feel is sort of like if we're in a torrential downpour and you're the only person holding the umbrella, but everyone else is acting like it's not raining. Mm, yeah. So there's a significant toll that that takes on you. And I think that that explains why people break and they have those, as Andrew referred to them, like cheat moments where they aren't necessarily, you know, adhering to the guidelines as they were in the past. Um, so I would say, you know, don't don't shit on yourself about it, but maybe reevaluate whether that's a good idea to be doing in the future. I would yeah. also say at the at the end of the day, I think that it's important and it's good that you recognize that this was potentially risky behavior. In contrast, you know, there are people out here or out there that don't see any problem with why something like, you know, sharing a bowl with friends or family could be dangerous. And I think that that's, that's where the difference lies really here because we don't want people to be reckless, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we don't know, perhaps this person is um, approaching this from like the pod narrative for social distancing. I mean, that's pretty much what I think the three of us are doing with everyone that we live with. Like me, Mark right. and my parents are a pod since we live together. So obviously, you know, we might share a drink glass or something because we live together um, and we don't you know, social distance from each other all the time because we live together. So it could be these are people that the confessional writer is, quote, potting with. And, you know, to Sarah's comment in the Facebook group that I referenced a couple minutes ago, one of the problems with all these mixed messages, one of the reasons we see all these mixed messages is because we don't have leadership from the top. So nobody knows how to act. And you see people living very different lives during this pandemic. So... I blame the Trump administration for all these mixed messages, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't blame people for not being sure what to do or for not knowing what's right to do. Um, I will say there there are some individuals that I have lost complete respect for because they're literally acting like none of this is happening. But then yeah. they'll turn around and post like a meme on Facebook saying like, stay home. It could save, save lives. And I'm just like. <laughs> Wow, cognitive dissonance much? <laughs> it's like, do as I say, not as I do. Right, exactly. Well, the big meme that's going around on the internet this week is a photo of a group of people together not wearing masks. And then it says, summer fun, heart emoji. And then in parentheses, private island, all tested negative multiple times, wear oh, a mask, heart emoji. Yeah, that's so <laughs> that. funny that like, like um, you know, I don't think, uh, well, actually, Laura, I think you watch some YouTube. I don't know exactly what kind of YouTube you watch. But I've noticed a lot more lately that, you know, because pandemic is not sustainable, sustainable for people that create content online, that there's that disclaimer at the bottom of the videos with like multiple people that are not in, you know, YouTubers like immediate family units, like everybody tested negative for COVID-19 before we got together. It's like, sure, are you guys actually, first of all, like wasting resources just so you can have a party or make this stupid video? Because like, that's bad anyway. Just to avoid the heat. But 100%, I also agree that they're probably lying. My gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I've also, so I like to watch uh, What Would You Do on YouTube every now and then. Um... And 
with all of their episodes that were filmed pre-pandemic but are coming out now, they have the disclaimer every single time. Like, this was filmed before COVID-19, which is why you don't see anyone wearing masks. Oh, yeah. Well, because now you see television shows with audiences airing, and it's like a whole other world. Wow, look at all these people all close together. Or you see footage from concerts. It's like, wow, can you imagine that? And um, we're going to talk more about the pandemic in a second, specifically our thoughts uh, back in February and early March. And boy, we might be cringing a little bit. I'll just warn you two now. (laughs) I'm sure we will. Um, I'm you know what? No shame. But before we <laughs> before we get to that, we wanted to hear a quick word from this or one of this week's sponsors, Rothy's. Rothy's makes stylish, sustainable shoes and bags for life on the go. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. They come in a variety of colors, styles, and silhouettes, my favorite being the point. I've been rocking my purple Rothy's with baby blue racing stripe for the last couple of years, and these are absolutely my go-to shoe for any occasion. I've worn them to work, black tie events, weddings, happy hours, and even once to the gym when I forgot my sneakers. These shoes speak for themselves, but there are plenty of Rothy stands getting the word out. In fact, the Point Flat in Black has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews. Rothy's has kept 50 million single-use plastic bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which is then knit into beautiful, sustainable products. This checks a lot of boxes for all the fashion-forward environmental conservationists out there. So check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L. Comfort, style, and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. Time for the Rona Roundup. It has been six months since The Who, the World Health Organization, declared COVID-19 a pandemic. And, uh, you know, everything turned to shit on March 11th. That's when the pandemic was declared. That's when Tom Hanks got coronavirus. So I wanted to look back to before all hell broke loose. And I found a couple clips from the show. We're going to first visit this one from February 11th. This was Millennial 605. And Laura was introducing coronavirus to us. And there's also been some updates on the coronavirus, which we had touched on briefly uh, over a couple of weeks ago. So since we last spoke, the death toll has topped 900. And we have around 40,000 people worldwide who are infected at this point. So I just wanted to touch base with y'all and see, are you worried? I'm not worried. (laughs) No, no, because people compare it to the flu. And the flu is a lot worse at this stage we'll see how bad the coronavirus gets but i i'm not worried i think i jokingly well maybe not so jokingly said on the show a couple weeks ago that i was concerned i'm not concerned anymore i um just in general not like necessarily because of the coronavirus but also obviously whenever there's any kind of outbreak i do think about this i worry that since i work from home and i'm not as exposed to Mm. germs that i my immune system is maybe not as strong as it used to be yeah 
when I was, you know, going to school or working with kids or like working out in the public and stuff like that. So it does kind of cross my my mind on that um, front, usually. I do have to admit something. I'm so I'm so embarrassed to admit this, especially (laughs) this year. I have not had my flu shot. And I feel like, yeah, I know. I know. At the time, like Laura said in that clip, there were just over 40,000 cases worldwide, only 15 reported cases in the USA. Pam, what did you make of you called yourself a hypochondriac while yeah, we were that, playing back that that's clip? Literally, that's literally like me being anxious. But I feel like like even if I had listened to that back the day you posted it, I would have also thought to myself that I was being unreasonably paranoid. You know, but you weren't wrong. No, I know that. But I just like, I don't trust my judgment sometimes, you know, because I feel like I'm an anxious person in general. So yeah, like, I I feel like if I had said that to, you know, a friend or my mom or my brother, they would have just been like, oh, there she goes again, like (laughs) WebMDing something and thinking she's going to die. I remember when Laura was introducing that back in February, I was thinking to myself legitimately, like, there's no way this is a big deal. Why are we even talking about this on air? Because who cares? You know, it wasn't in America. Well, boy, was I wrong. Yeah, just a good lesson about how, you know, America's not the center of everything until we decide to fuck something up like we have with this, then we are. But um, I will say, uh, you know, I think that clip didn't demonstrate sort of my views on things at the time in February. I was very much operating under the assumption that this was going to go the same way that like the Ebola scare did or the H1N1 did, you know, because we had the infrastructure in place in order to prevent a pandemic from breaking out here. I didn't think that Trump would necessarily be the best person to address it. But I also was not aware at the time that he had completely decimated the existing infrastructure and programs that we had in order to be able to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, I also kept looking at the flu and being like, look at how many people the flu kills every year and nobody freaks out about it. Yeah. So er- early on, coronavirus deaths looked to be r- a really small percentage, and it didn't seem like it was spreading as quickly as it ended up spreading. So I got a little salty at the time being like, why isn't anybody uh, like as obsessed with the flu as they are with this? Yeah. <laughs> So. I want to play one more clip. This is from episode 609. This was recorded March 9th. And at that point, there was 110,000 cases worldwide, 470 cases in the US and nine deaths in the US. Are you guys scared yet? I feel like we asked this a month or two ago and we were like, no, we're not scared. I mean, this isn't going to be a thing. Who cares? But now it feels very real. I am still, I'm not scared. Um, I'm still exercising the same caution that I would any time of the year in order to avoid getting sick. I understand the concern because, again, this is a new virus and we don't really quite know what to expect yet. There's not a vaccine yet. There's not going to be one for like, what, 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. So I would say concern is a better word. Um, I don't think that panicking is going to do anyone any favors here. In fact, there's a lot of research out there that shows that increased stress levels make you more susceptible to getting sick. <laughs> so it's actually best not to panic right now. What a lot of the the ways that people are being affected or they feel like their their lives are getting turned 
sideways, it doesn't really apply to me anyway. This so. story is no problem for introverts and the work from home types. <laughs> <laughs> I've loved all That's of the true. memes that are like, don't go around people. And it's introverts being like, I've been waiting my whole life. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I've been training for this. I go days without talking to other humans. <laughs> this clip is from before a day or two before Tom Hanks got COVID and the NBA started shutting everything down. That's when everything started getting crazy. Yeah. You know, this was at a we, time we've before. We've seen so much since then. <laughs> I know. We didn't imagine. We didn't dream that we all would be stuck at home. We're kind of joking about, you know, we were prepared for this right. as introverts. I've been training we my were. whole life. <laughs> but yeah. little did we know everybody would be working from home all of a sudden. Right. And this that clip was actually three or four days before my workplace sent everyone home. Okay. And, and yeah. I remember and- going home and being like, well, <laughs> I guess <laughs> Laura, this is this my is reality. Episode- where you were like, I have a flight to Seattle coming up. Flights were really cheap. <laughs> and then we were also talking about how um, uh, 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 mortgage rates were very low and how the stock market had crashed. So it might be a good time to buy soon. And that actually was a very good prediction because it came up like right after that. You're welcome. But it's very interesting to revisit this because we're at such a different place now than we were back in February or March. And I think if anything, it's... A wonderful reminder that evolving your point of view and changing your mind based on new information is a wonderful thing. And we should all do more of it because there's such a tendency, especially in this country, for people to dig their heels into the sand and say, like, no, I've, you know, (laughs) I've I've chosen my position on this. I have chosen my sports team and I will not deviate. From this Team particular no viewpoint. Right. I wanted to let everyone know that I actually signed up for the AstraZeneca um, COVID vaccine trial. American uh, hero right here. <laughs> I have no idea service. if they're going to pick me, but I did sign up for it. And if you're interested in seeing if you qualify, there is a survey that you can fill out where they just ask um, you know, for your age and, you know, any existing conditions you may have to see if you've had COVID before. Um, so it sounds like they're asking for some detailed background in order to make sure that, you know, they're not giving the clinical trials to people who already have pre-existing conditions. I have a feeling that I might not qualify because I have asthma, which is considered a condition that can be really um, exaggerated by COVID-19. But we'll see. We can put a link in the show notes. Yeah, I think some people would yeah. be interested in doing that. I mean, it's not going to kill you, right? There's no chance of that happening. Well, we know how to make that va- not saying we like I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> but the I, I want to say like the art of making a vaccine that's established science. So it's not as though making like the vaccine will kill you, nor will it give you autism. Um, The real danger with the vaccine is its effectiveness. Like, is it effective or is it not? Mm -hmm. And do we want to put the time and resources into giving a nation full of people a vaccine if it doesn't work? So that's really what these clinical trials are for, is to establish the effectiveness and whether or not people are developing antibodies after getting the injection. Okay. So no, they're not going to give you poison. Okay. Just checking. I just want to make sure you're going to be okay during this if they select you. But speaking of vaccines, what else is going on? 
Yeah, so the CDC has actually advised states to prepare for a vaccine as early as late October. What do we think of this? Do we think this is actually going to happen? That seems way too soon, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, I mean, it's before the phase three trial would even be finished for the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, But this advice comes... You know, from obviously from the top and from the Trump administration attempting to fast track vaccines in line with uh, Project Warp Speed (laughs) to get it out before the election. Yep, exactly. Um, But I was actually reading a little bit more into this and there was apparently uh, a CDC spokesperson who (laughs) was basically saying we try to prepare for all possible outcomes, but I don't think it's very likely that we'll actually have a vaccine before the election. But we still want states to be prepared just in case there is. And the vaccine makers don't like this talk. There was a report from Bloomberg that vaccine makers are planning a public stance to counter pressure on the FDA. They said, we're Mm going to take it. We're going to take as much time as we need to create and release a safe vaccine. Correct. And I'm glad they're making the statement because it's not comforting to hear the Trump administration try to rush out some medicine to save us and potentially save the world. Yeah. I mean, it certainly doesn't stop Trump from being able to lie and say that they did get a vaccine out before the election because his followers would believe it. But unless we're all <laughs> taking it, I don't think it's going to help him. No, but he, Laura actually makes a good point. He'd probably just pin it on the states and say, well, the CDC told them to get prepared. It's not our fault that they weren't prepared to administer you know, the vaccines to you guys. One other thing I wanted to mention is that we found out over the past week that Robert Pattinson, he got COVID-19 while filming the Batman over in England. And it just makes me wonder, how can any production continue when the Batman can't even protect its lead star? I don't think they had a bubble situation going on there because if they did, I don't think this would have happened. We don't know many details surrounding it. I could be wrong. They could have a bubble there, um, not letting people from the outside world onto set and not letting those people on set out into the outside world. But it was just more proof that we are not ready to reopen things at all. Correct. And you also noted that The Rock announced that he and his family got COVID. Mm hmm. As soon as I saw this, I was like, no, 2020, (laughs) no, just stop. (laughs) Come on. All right. Well, you know, very few people statistically actually die from it. So I think The Rock was pretty safe. But I see your point. You know, one, The Rock, who I guess you fantasize about. No, I just I really I think I really enjoy him. Like I loved Moana. Yeah, you do. But also, he he has the cutest baby daughter. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the videos that he puts up with her, um, but she is so adorable. And he's always doing things like singing Moana with her or like playing patty cake with her. Nice. And he's just so huge. And there's like this tiny little baby playing <laughs> with him. And it's just so fucking adorable. Yeah. And it just makes my day to see. So I was like, no, God damn it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Okay, before we get to this week's Trumpster Fire, it's time for a word from Talkspace. We'll be right back. Hey, Michael Phelps here. I want to tell you a bit about online therapy. Online therapy is not about time and place. It's any time and any place. Did you know that over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health? 
I'm one of them. And that's why I'm here to tell you about online therapy and how it can change your life. Online therapy is easy as joining a video call or texting with a friend. Only you'll be talking to a licensed therapist from your device on your schedule. Talkspace is more committed than ever to making therapy accessible and affordable for all. Go to Talkspace.com and start working with a licensed therapist today. Brought to you by Talkspace. Therapy for all. Okay, it's time for Trumpster Fire. The big story this week was Trump's reported comments about troops, American troops. He said that those killed in combat are, quote, losers and suckers, allegedly. My big question is, do you guys believe that he actually made these comments? They're obviously horrific if he truly did. And when you add it all up, it shouldn't surprise you at all that he may have made these comments. He's He's picked a lot of fights with John McCain, even after John McCain passed. Trump was a draft dodger. He's had a tense relationship with the military during his term. He doesn't have an empathetic bone in his freaking body. And I really liked this tweet from Sully Sullenberger. He said, Trump cannot understand selflessness because he is selfish. He cannot conceive of courage because he is a coward. He cannot feel duty because he is disloyal. I think that this could truly be one of the game changers for his supporters because his blatant racism hasn't been an issue for them. They like that. They're racist, too. But they do support the military, as all humans should. And it's exposing Trump as a true piece of shit, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Yeah, I think that this is most likely true. Um, Just when you look at... The way that he's talked about John McCain in the past, Andrew, I know you you referred to it a little bit there, but he um, in talking about John McCain, somebody asked if he believed John McCain was a hero. Of course, we have to remember John McCain was a prisoner of war during the Vietnam War, and he was like essentially I don't want to say crippled. I don't think that's the right word, but he was he. He suffered debilitating permanent bodily effects for the rest of his life, you know, and Trump basically said, I prefer people who didn't get caught. Mm -hmm. That was his response to somebody sacrificing their literal body for their country. Yeah, I think that it Laura summed it up perfectly, which is that there's no reason why we shouldn't believe that he said this because his track record shows that. He really likes to play, you know, judge and jury based on who he believes is, you know, considered a a, a military success or, you know, a, a decorated soldier and who's not, which is really messed up because anybody that served in any way should, you know, they merit our gratitude and our thanks. And uh, yeah. this is not doing him any favors, regardless of how much damage control he does. So, yeah, really awful. I mean, even Fox News confirmed the story. And of course, Trump had a field day over Fox News, even getting behind the story. And oh, then, of yeah. course, calling for that reporter to be fired. 
who, you know, and remember Trump like two weeks ago at the RNC said, we got to stop with this cancel culture. And here he is asking Fox to fire a reporter and also stop buying Michelin tires. Was that the fight three weeks ago? Yeah. What did they do? What did Michelin do? Oh, they banned MAGA hats from the factory oh. lines or something like that from the stores, yeah. maybe. I don't know. What else is going on? So Sarah Huckabee Sanders, our favorite <laughs> um, uh, press reporter for the White House, um, who I used to imitate with fair regularity on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd put ice cubes um, in your mouth. and Yeah. I, I mean, I would put marbles or whatever I had handy in my mouth so that I could replicate um, her cadence. Um, but she has a book coming out in which she talks about an experience where Kim Jong-un allegedly hit on her. Apparently, they were sitting across the table from each other and he kept looking at her and she would look back down at her notes and keep writing and try to ignore it until finally he gave her a very obvious wink from across the table And in her book, uh, she revealed that she and President Trump had a conversation about this after in which uh, Trump asked her, Kim winked at you. Are you telling me Kim Jong-un hit on you? And then he continued saying, well, Sarah, that settles it. You're going to North Korea and taking one for the team. Your husband and kids will miss you, but you'll be a hero to your country. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she still supports this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Trump literally trying to pimp out his press secretary. Horrible. But there was a pretty uh, funny story. Oh, my God. Yeah. So those of you who live near a lake may have noticed uh, Trump boat rallies happening there this weekend. Um, So this was something over the course of Labor Day weekend that a number of Trump supporters gathered to do across the country. They would bring their boats to the nearest body of water and sail their boats around the lake with Trump flags flying off of them in order to show their support for um, Lieutenant Bone Spurs. (laughs) And I don't really see the point of it, but there was um, a funny moment that came out of it at Lake Travis in Austin, Texas. Uh, About five boats actually sank. (laughs) Um, the photos no, are amazing. Sweet irony. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's let's be clear. Nobody was hurt. Right. So um, we can laugh. Yeah, so we can laugh. But um, what happened was, and this just goes to show that many of these folks don't understand how to boat appropriately. You can't have a large number of boats on a single body of water where you have varying sizes of boats because what happens is the big boats make large waves that are too big (laughs) for the little boats. And that's exactly what happened here. The wake from the larger boats on Lake Travis was too much for some of the smaller boats and they ended up capsizing and sinking or at least two of the five ended up being completely submerged. There were three that they were able to pull out. Is that correct? I don't know the details. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm already <laughs> crying, laughing. Crying. I have a, <laughs> it's just so perfect. I, but I have a video to play of uh, one of those who lost a boat. He responded to what happened. You know, I'm getting a bunch of calls and texts, so I figured it'd just be easier to jump on Facebook and let everybody know. But I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Um, yes, that was my boat that went down on Lake Travis during the Trump boat parade, and I. <laughs> 
I don't know what happened. I just think we had too many MAGA flags on the boat. I never thought I'd say that, but we had too many MAGA flags on the boat. And the wind picked up. The current shifted. I couldn't tell it was port and what was starboard. A bunch of other nautical terms happened. One thing led to another, and I was in the water, and I turned around. And she was gone. The SS Margaritaville is gone, and... I love that real. boat. She was my personality, and them flags would be lowered to half mast tonight if they hadn't been lowered to the bottom of the lake earlier today. They had to fight to get me out. Because if I'm not going to wear a mask, I'm damn sure not going to wear that life jacket they kept throwing at me. I just kept saying, Leave me, leave me. I want to go down with her. Obviously, I'm I'm here. Uh, that is comedian Brent Terhune. Okay. He's been doing this Republican character on Twitter, and he's fucking hilarious. Margarita, that shit is funny. Please follow him I'm on crying. Twitter. He's, yeah, good. He's so funny. Um, and he came up with that video so quick. It was the same day the boat sank, and he's sitting there on video with a towel around his neck. <laughs> good for him. Oh, shitty Margaritaville. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. That I shit that is fucking hilarious. I saw somebody respond to this um by saying, "Hello, I'd like to report an excessively on the nose metaphor in progress." <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of this guy is it's a little hard to tell at first if he's yeah, for real or Yeah, at first I parody. was like, "Oh, he's he's doing it." <laughs> He's fooling a lot of people, and that's the beauty right. of it. Like, like no mask, really... no life vest. That checks out. Yeah. Right. If I'm not wearing a mask, I'm not <laughs> taking that life vest. I've loved um, all of the red hats who are getting holier than thou about this, being like, that's not funny. Someone could have been hurt. And I'm like, well, you don't give a fuck that over 180,000 of your countrymen are dead. So I don't really care what right. you think, Bubba. Right. Yeah. Also, oh, I wanted to say, so this weekend, of course, my parents live by a lake. And so we had these Trump fuckers everywhere. Like they drove around town putting Trump pent signs up everywhere, including public property, which really not supposed to. Um, but they had this tour bus and they were just like constantly parking on all the main roads in town and having like 30 people standing outside waving their Trump flags. Mm hmm. Like, that was supposed to do something. I don't know. But one of them, one of these fuckers, ran my mom off the road while she was, like, out to get groceries. Ugh. He literally just, he didn't have the right of way. She did. But he pulled out in front of her, and she had no choice but to drive off the road rather than hit his boat. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, he didn't stop. But there were a couple of other people who saw what happened and they stopped to make sure my mom was okay, which she was and the car was fine. But it's just, you know, very reflective of the attitudes and ideologies of that crowd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did she see the SS Margaritaville? <laughs> that might have been it. <laughs> it is time for a word from our final sponsor today, who I am so excited to tell you about because they help enhance your home. They are FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Add a gallery wall to your home office or send the perfect gift. From art prints and diplomas to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. Here's how it works. Just go to FrameBridge.com and upload your photo. 
They have an integration with Instagram, too, so you can easily grab any pic from your feed. Or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door ready to hang. I just moved into my new place and I recently ordered a couple pieces that are being delivered this week and I am so excited to hang them. Best of all, these prints are being professionally printed and framed, so I know they are going to look amazing. Check out our social media later this week. I will share some pictures of the final products. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code MILLENNIAL. This is the way to upgrade your home with gorgeous personal touches. Our phones take such great photos that we really need to be printing them so they're just not hiding in our phone forever. Don't let them sit in the digital world and fade away. Bring them into the physical world and enjoy looking at them every day. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code MILLENNIAL to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com promo code MILLENNIAL. That's framebridge.com promo code MILLENNIAL. All right. Well, we wanted to take some time today to talk a little bit about OnlyFans. Andrew, I know you're very excited about this. (laughs) I just think it's a fun discussion because it kind of reminds me of Patreon. Yes. Well, that's that's actually a really great comparison to make. Um, so we are going to be talking about OnlyFans and what happened with celebrity Bella Thorne in the last couple of weeks. She actually created her OnlyFans and she's receiving a lot of backlash from OnlyFans creators and sex workers. Um, but before we dig into why she's receiving that backlash, we need to talk a little about the history of the pornography industry um, because it explains why there was a need for a platform like OnlyFans and why so many depend on it for income, both primary and supplemental. So OnlyFans, like Andrew said, it's a content subscription service. Think like Patreon. Um, The real difference, though, is that it's really intended to serve as like a social media feed, except it's one that you pay to access. Um, So a lot of people who have OnlyFans will curate their audiences on free platforms like Instagram and drive that vault or drive that traffic over to their OnlyFans where they can sign up for the paid subscriptions and see all that paid content. Yeah. OnlyFans actually launched in 2016 um, as a way for social media creators to share exclusive photos and clips with their fans. And it really from the very start became a way for um, entertainers to share X-rated entertainment because obviously that content would not fly on like Instagram (laughs) or Twitter. It would get taken down. The reason that OnlyFans was important for sex workers in particular is because it actually changed sex work by putting um, agency back in the hands of creators and allowing subscribers to make personalized requests of the content they were receiving. So the reason that this was important is because porn studios have just never had the capital or connections politically 
to sue their adversaries. So what's happened with porn over the years is that there have been tons of those tube sites that have come up like Xtube, RedTube, whatever, and they're aggregating stolen material. Yeah. So as a result of them aggregating stolen material, scene rates or the rates that a porn star would be paid in order to shoot a scene have gone down significantly. Um, there was a time in the 90s where you could easily get paid north of $5,000 to shoot a scene. And now those rates have really gone down and there are just fewer scenes being filmed overall because of this issue. And New York Times actually put it in a very succinct way that I think will help all of us relate a little better. Um, They said it was as if the entire music business had been subsumed by Napster. Mm. So imagine that. Like, imagine if record labels didn't have lawyers. (laughs) That's effectively what happened here. So... We probably aren't super familiar with MindGeek, but they're actually a pornography empire. Um, They own popular sites like Pornhub and Men.com, which I'm sure we're all familiar with. Um, (laughs) Okay. I never got into Men.com. You didn't? Since you're asking. No. Well, no, I wasn't. I'm sure we've all been to Pornhub. Right. MindGeek um, was really able to expand their empire due to the Wild West um, nature of the porn industry. Because so much content was being stolen and scene rates started going down, a lot of smaller studios ended up having to sell themselves at like bottom of the barrel prices to companies like MindGeek, which they were then able to use to grow their porn empire and enrich themselves. The downside of this, particularly for entertainers in the porn industry, is that they were no longer able to make a suitable living off of doing things like scenes. So a number of sex workers ended up turning to escort services where they could actually make more money. Um, So Dirk Kaber, who's a porn star who's filmed close to 40 scenes for Mind Geek's most popular gay site, men.com. Laura's seen every (laughs) one. He said, if you have a known name, it's much easier to market your services. Um. And also said most of his income comes from his work as an escort because the scene work pays so little. So when OnlyFans started, it was a site called Customs for You, in which customers could play the quote unquote director and order specially made videos from their favorite models. So it was really kind of like having a Netflix account where you could curate your own content and choose who you were going to follow and even make specific recommendations for what you wanted people to do. Kind of like Cameo. Yeah. You request that these celebrities do certain things for you. Exactly. And something like this was pretty revolutionary in the world of sex work because it's a no contact method of filming your own, whether it's pornography or like any kind of fetish that someone might be into or sharing racy pictures or whatever it is that people get off on, you have the agency to decide when and what you're going to put up. And it also allows entertainers to be paid directly by their clients as opposed to being paid through a third party like a studio or a company. Um, So this is really revolutionary, especially during a pandemic. Like talk about a safe way to do sex work during a pandemic. Right. And you get to do what you want and you get to do it on your own time. You you don't have to travel like you're saying. 
You get mm-hmm. to rise and fall. You get to make your own success. It's sort of like with Patreon in that, you know, we're having people pledge to us and we give them benefits in return. None of it is sex related yet. But when you launch one of these, you got to make sure that you're giving your customers the best experience you can. Right. So that means the videos that they want. <laughs> so now we can talk about Bella Thorne. Now that we have an appropriate understanding and appreciation for why OnlyFans is important, we can talk about what Bella Thorne did. Um, and we're also going to be making this into an edition of The Number. So there will be a little bit of a guessing game involved for all of you at home. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Bella Thorne is um, known for her modeling career, most notably her role of Cece Jones in the Disney Channel series Shake It Up. And she also has three albums out there. So TLDR, she is legit famous. And she says that she created her OnlyFans in order to research for a film. But a number of OnlyFans creators are claiming that she has fucked up the experience for other creators who are not famous on the platform. We can dig into some of these numbers now. Put your guessing caps on. Bella Thorne ended up making blank in a single day after creating her OnlyFans. I heard it was an OnlyFans record, but I don't remember the specific number. I'm going to say a million dollars. I was also going to say a million dollars. You guys were right. Ding, ding, ding. The other thing about this is after a week, she had gotten up to $2 million. Wow. Now, this is not standard money for OnlyFans creators. No. (laughs) It's not. She's just famous. So she already had a large platform that she could attract over to the service. Next, fans and creators allege that Thorne advertised a nude pay-per-view image for how much money? A hundred dollars. I'll say two hundred. Pam's right. It was two hundred dollars. Wow. So single image. Yeah, she sent out a message to I think all of her subscribers, offering them this pay per view image of her naked. There's a screenshot of somebody trying to confirm, you know, how naked is naked for two hundred dollars, and she allegedly wrote back, "Naked as in no clothes on." However. Many allege that the image was not actually a nude. It was like she was naked, but she was covering all the bits that people would pay to see. Wanted to see, yeah. Wanted Um, to beat off to. Yeah. So this prompted a slew of chargebacks from scammed customers to OnlyFans. I wanted to beat off to her titties (laughs) and I didn't get to see her titties. Mind you, Bella Thorne had already made her money and she had already cashed it out. So when these chargebacks were filed, it was OnlyFans that had to absorb those costs. And just in case anyone's ever filed a chargeback, not only is the vendor liable for the amount of the transaction, but if they receive too many chargebacks and like reach a certain threshold, they can be fined as well. So Hmm. depending on how many chargebacks they had, OnlyFans could also be looking at a major fine. On top of all of this, Laura, if The Rock launched an OnlyFans account and charged $200 for a dick pic, would you pay for that? Who wants to pay for a dick pic? Dicks look weird. But it's The Rock. So I just find him a very charming person. I don't want to see his dick. Charming. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Okay. This 
has resulted in some policy changes regarding payments and payouts from OnlyFans. And many OnlyFans creators believe that this has happened as a direct result of Bella Thorne scamming her customers. OnlyFans has now upped payouts from once a week, used to be able to get your payments once a week, to once every how many days? Three days. 30. Pam's right, 30 days. So these. Oh, I thought upped meant less days. (laughs) (laughs) so um essentially people used to be able to get paid on a weekly basis and now they're limited to once a month which if you you know were budgeting your life based on having bills and things due at different points in the month i can see why having like going from having four payments a month to one would completely fuck you over um Mm -hmm. then and this isn't the only example but it's the only one we're going to talk about for the number OnlyFans tips have now been limited to blank, down from 200 previously. So OnlyFans subscribers used to be able to tip creators in order to ask for a little something extra. Previously, that amount was 200, and they have brought the amount that you can tip down to this number. $10. I want to say it's 50 So Pam, you're not wrong. Um Technically, for somebody who charges a monthly subscription fee, they only lowered it to $100. But if you don't charge a monthly subscription fee, they lowered it to $50. Looking at some of these numbers, in some of these cases, it's literally a 50% reduction in pay for these creators, many of whom were depending on being compensated fairly for their work. Right. And they're saying they're still sticking. OnlyFans is still sticking to this narrative that it wasn't any one person's fault right right well the reality yeah the reality of it is it's not going to be good pr for them if they try to sue bella thorne like of course not i think they would be well within their rights to do so but i doubt they will yeah it's it's a bummer for the other creators on there the average creators not the celebrities because those people are on only fans because they need the money yeah they have less studio work these days They're not making as much as they used to, as Laura brought up at the beginning. Yeah, and it's just really disgusting to see a celebrity wade into this, claiming that she's doing research for a film project about sex work, and to think that creating an OnlyFans account with her status would be the same as somebody who's not famous creating an OnlyFans account. Like, she's not going to have the same experience as somebody who's not a known name. Right. Just interview the people who have used OnlyFans. Or create an anonymous account. Like, if you want to have an account and see firsthand what it's like, make it anonymous and hire somebody who can be the face of it and pay that person well for their work. Because, I mean, this this shit's the oldest profession. It It will be the last profession, probably. People always want to pay for sex. Porn is something that people will always want to pay for. Now, there's a lot of free porn out there, but if you're obsessed with a certain porn star, you're going to be willing to sign up for their OnlyFans account. Mm -hmm. And I think also if people are looking for ways to consume porn more ethically, this is a really good method because you can pay an entertainer directly and make sure that, you know, they do have autonomy in the work that they're doing. They do have the right to say no to the work. Unfortunately, there's a good deal of porn out there that's either stolen or coerced or, God forbid, including minors. 
So this is a good way to make sure that you're finding people who are ethical in their practices and paying them directly for their work. So I wanted to ask you guys, how do we feel about celebrities signing up for subscription services and then benefiting from them? If they're willing to put in the hustle, I say go for it. If they're going to be screwing their fans, then that sucks. But the beauty of a system like OnlyFans or Patreon is that the consumer gets to vote with their dollar. If they don't like what Cardi B or Nicki Minaj are putting out, then they can cancel that subscription. I think OnlyFans is a monthly subscription, just like Patreon is. So that holds these creators accountable. The one good thing about it is that by having a larger name on these platforms, it um, makes the idea of OnlyFans a bit more mainstream. So it is possible that there might be some trickle down for smaller creators, you know, based on somebody maybe going for Cardi B and Nicki Minaj, but staying for, you know, somebody that that isn't a household name. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if it if it works that way. I think I agree with both of you and and I like Andrew what you said about people really being willing to put in the hustle. I know we've seen examples in the past where we've gotten a little bit upset where celebrities have created podcasts and then they're just complete shit. And it's like, "Oh, you're right. just using your celebrity to cash in and like gentrify something that creators have been working you know, literally literal decades of their lives in order to bring into the spotlight. Like I remember when we started podcasting, nobody knew what it was or thought that it was going to be successful. And so we worked really, really hard over the years. And then to have somebody like Conan come in and start his shitty podcast <laughs> is it leaves a bad taste in your hey, mouth. Come on. Is it actually well, shitty? I see your point though. Celebrities like, and corporations yeah. are getting involved and in it's yeah. slimy. I agree because I even like on a smaller scale, I, I feel like every week at least there's a, a story on deadline about some YouTuber getting a podcast deal. And I just think to myself, like, where's right. where's our podcast deal? Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want a <laughs> podcast deal. This. No, I know. But like, it would be nice. Wouldn't you like to get offered a deal just to know that like you're you're, yeah. you know, somebody's if, if I looking could, like, out retire for you. off of the money. That would be yeah. cool. Like, you but don't have to take it, but you just want to know that like people want what you're selling. Yeah, you're wanted. It's a yeah, good feeling. People yeah. want to buy your product, and for then, sure. And you know it's just going to be like, you know, that person sitting with a producer who's going to do all the segments. And it's like, it's not as grassroots. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So that's what I compare it to. Because um, I did a little bit of research on Bella Thorne's OnlyFans. And all she was doing was literally recycling the same content from her Instagram and just putting yeah, it on, bullshit. yeah, putting it on OnlyFans and charging people for what they could see for free if they just went to her Instagram, and then she sold them this two hundred dollar nude photo that wasn't actually a nude photo, and it just made me think, like, yeah, I see there are a number of like big name podcasts out there that are bullshit, and as an actual creator who puts hours and hours every week into trying to put a good product out into the world, that really pisses me off. So I can see why people are upset about this. And the fact that not only is she like gentrifying their platform, but she's also made it harder for them to make money. Maybe I should start consulting for OnlyFans creators too. Like I do that for Patreon. It's going why well. Why not? 
Only fan, like specifically for porn stars, that would be fine. I would review their portfolio of what they do with the studios, and I'll be like, okay, so your double penetration videos are super popular. So we got to get some of those on OnlyFans. Can you shoot some new content? I don't see why not. It's Gagging. all the same. Your fans love day. when you gag. <laughs> we also wanted to plug um, a YouTube explanation of this that came from an OnlyFans creator named Lilac Doll. Um, so we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. It's it's a really good overview of what happened, especially from the point of view who's somebody who's been of somebody who's been financially impacted by this. One of our listeners, Caleb, said, so my boyfriend and I started an OnlyFans over quarantine. It was an interesting experience. Drop the link. Drop the link. Are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs> good for you, though. I mean, I've joked with Pat, like, we should do XTube videos. I wouldn't want my face on there. It would just be very anonymous, like paper bags. But I think it'd be kind of fun, especially if I can make money off of it. But how do you promote that without revealing yourself? So you basically have to be a porn star. Or I don't know if OnlyFans has like a... Or XTube has like a... Well, XTube does. Like Like a a discovery discovery tab or a for you. (laughs) (laughs) Check out new people to OnlyFans. Double penetration tailored just for you. Would any of us ever create... And OnlyFans or like OnlyFans-esque content doesn't necessarily have to be porn or nudity or anything like that. If you have a talent, and this goes for Patreon too, if you have a talent and people are very interested in your talent and want to see more of it, then yeah, you should create a Patreon or an OnlyFans. There are some, um, some things that I've thought about over the course of planning this discussion like hey would i would i be willing to do that to make money and there are some creators on there who literally just like put up videos of themselves eating and get paid for and i was like i probably do that it's like the um (laughs) people are into weird shit yeah you know that i'm an accountant meme that's going around on tiktok it's like i I see those pop up and I think to myself, like, damn, that person paid off their student loans with some feet pictures. Okay. Like, respect. I don't know. Like, I don't get it, but like, good for them. And that doesn't seem that wild. So Caleb said it was a good kind of interesting. They got 50 followers for a while and they used Reddit, Twitter and Grindr to advertise. Good for you. People like that type of thing. I think it sounds Mm -hmm. like what you did was pornographic, Caleb. Um, and people like that, you know, homegrown porn, just you and your boyfriend, real sex, real love. So good for you. Yeah. Michelle is saying as a burlesque dancer, there are a few people in my community who've started OnlyFans while being unable to perform in real life due to the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, that's that's another perfect example of like, yes, OnlyFans is known for what it's known for. But there are also other creators on there who were impacted by what Bella, Fo- Bella Thorne did. I can't want to call her Bella Thorne. <laughs> Bella Swan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And we also wanted to mention that today's episode has been sponsored by listeners like you. And we wanted to give a thank you to our latest patrons. They are Nikita, Michelle, Cassidy, Janine, and Amanda. A warm welcome to all of you. And we are so thrilled to have you here. Um, Please enjoy our OnlyFans content. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to make our OnlyFans, millennial OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> with with support tiers as low as $2 a month, it's very affordable to join us on Patreon. And thank you to all of you who currently support us, no matter the tier. We've seen so many new people pledge recently, and it just feels really good to know that you all are listening and interested in the content that we put up over there. Absolutely. It feels so good to be supported by listeners. So thank you very much. Yep, so good to be wanted. Yeah, exactly. as Andrew says. <laughs> yeah, we feel wanted. It's it's better than selling to a network. We have y'all. So thank you. Very true. It's not enough for Pam, though. She still wants to be sold to a network. <laughs> you know what? If the network gives us free health care, I'm there. <laughs> she just wants an excuse to wear those sunglasses all the time. Because if she got sold to a network, she could be a total celeb. It's a true story. <laughs> and speaking of Patreon, coming up in After Dark today, we are going to do an AMA. And we got so many great questions. I think it's going to be a two-parter. So stay tuned for that in this week's After Dark. It's time now for recommendations. So I have one of these early recommendations where I recommend something before it actually comes out because I'm really excited about this one. It was rumored for months. And finally, it's coming in about two weeks. Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Nintendo is celebrating Mario's 35th anniversary with a new uh, combo pack of games coming to Nintendo Switch. It's Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy from Nintendo 64, GameCube, and Wii, respectively. On one package, you're going to be able to play these classic, iconic, amazing Super Mario games on your Nintendo Switch. So myself and so many others are excited for this the graphics have been bumped up a little bit so it's going to be really fun to see it um to see what nintendo's done with these games that'll be available friday september 18th and that's what you will find me doing that weekend i want to recommend um watching if you haven't yet or re-watching the haunting of hill house if you're into scary stuff because season two, The Haunting of Blind Manor, is coming on October 9th. I'm so excited for this. I loved Hill House that I'll be rewatching the first season. I have a feeling there are going to be some Easter eggs in season two, just because very much in like the American horror style, um, they are using much of the same cast for season two. So it's a different story, but same cast. And um, really looking forward to it and wanting to see if I can pick up on anything that's like subtly dropped in in season two. And I want to recommend my favorite creamer because they have a seasonal pumpkin spice flavor. It's uh, they're called nut pods. And I just think that they're super good dairy free, which is great if you like me are lactose intolerant, or maybe you just don't like to consume dairy. And that's cool, too. But yeah, these are really great. And I highly recommend if you want to spice up your coffee game at home. Okay, if you have any feedback about today's discussions, send it on in to millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. Also on our website, you will find our confessional. Also, follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, Bye. everybody. Let me tell you about a story, man, it's sad but true I fell in love with a girl who was selling her nudes Cause all I knew about her job was that she worked online Until my homie bought her feet pics for $9.99 She was an OnlyFans girl showing titties to the world Then she blow all of the money on some diamonds and some pearls All these horny ass dudes chasing us just like a squirrel Keep on paying for pictures and it makes me wanna hurt 
like, damn, shoddy, why you telling lies? You've been getting rich while I'm still selling fries. She said, baby, wait, you ain't gotta leave. This was all supposed to be a big surprise. I'm like, call up, girl, what you mean? Then she pulled out 20 racks from a jean. She told me that it's all for you. Just take pics of my boots and I'll buy you whatever you need. I'm thinking, wait a minute, this shit ain't so bad. I'm getting paid for looking at some ass. I ain't gotta stress. I can quit my job. I don't even care if everybody laughs. Cause I'm getting money every day. Spend 20 racks just ties on my chain. My homies can call me a sip, but they're making me rich. Cause I know they subscribe to her page. Cause she's my only fan, girl. <laughs> Started off okay, and then it got progressively worse. Yeah, it's like uh, white dudes he, who can't rap. Right. He was. Uh, he probably didn't feel very confident in that song because it's only two minutes long, so he didn't yeah. have much to right. work with. Pam. I like the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> 